At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to In the NoCo, a daily slice of Northern Colorado news and happenings. It's Friday, September 15th. I'm Erin O'Toole. We're kicking off Hispanic Heritage Month with a series of conversations highlighting Hispanic and Latino changemakers, innovators, and creators. Democratic Representative Yadira Caraveo knows a lot about duality, about the different cultural identities many Americans try to balance and preserve here in Colorado and beyond. It's um, really been a lifetime of being the first or the only um, in a lot of rooms. It was, you know, balancing speaking Spanish um, at home uh, while learning English um, in class. Caraveo is Colorado's first Latina member of Congress. She represents the newly formed 8th Congressional District, which includes parts of Adams, Weld, and Larimer counties. The former pediatrician is the daughter of Mexican immigrants, and her upbringing and life experiences have strongly informed her work as a physician and now as a member of Congress. Representative Caraveo, welcome to In the NoCo. Thank you so much for having me. It's really a pleasure to be speaking to you today, Erin. Now, you were the first in your family to graduate from college. What did that mean to you and to your family? You know, it's something that my parents concentrated on constantly um, when uh, we were growing up. They, they were from a, a very small town in uh, northern Mexico. Um, and uh, my mom, I think, would have loved to have gone on to medical school. My dad would have been an engineer if he could. Um, education just was, wasn't something that was super attainable um, in the part of the world that they were at. So they really raised my myself and my three siblings with the idea that we were going to go to college. Um, so it was really embedded in, in our psyches, I think, growing up. Um, and so apparently it, it was so embedded that when I was three years old, I told them that it was time for me to start school, that I wanted to go to Head Start, um, <laughs> and then I was going to be a, a doctor uh, when I grew up. It was just always something that my parents talked about, that education was the way to achieve the American dream. I love that you knew what you wanted to do at the age of three. That's incredible. Yeah, a little rare. And it's interesting that, you know, you went to medical school and worked as a pediatrician. The healthcare system in America is really complex. It's often very confusing and difficult for many people to access. Can you talk a bit about what you saw when you were a practicing pediatrician? Yeah, I think that I really had a, a front row seat to all of the dysfunction uh, in the healthcare system, um, and that really was what what drove me to to run for office. I think that um, you know when you decide to be a doctor, whether you're three or whether you're thirty, it's with this idea that I'm going to fix things for people, right? I'm going to lay hands on, I'm going to make them better, um, and I'm going to, to be an integral part in, um, in improving people's lives. And then you get to the actual practice of medicine and you see how incredibly hard that is because of the system that we have. Uh, you know, I spent many, many hours talking to insurance companies on the phone. Um, I was uh, trained to diagnose illness and to know how to treat it but not to talk about how much it's gonna to cost to treat it. Um, and more and more I found people saying, well, my insurance company isn't going to pay for that. Um, I can't afford to do it. Um, and, and I had to compromise what I knew was right for my patients um, and center it around costs. And so 
it, day after day after day, it was um, not being able to take care of people and not being able to truly practice medicine because of everything that's wrong with our system. And that kind of leads me to my next question, which is what spurred your decision to make a career shift like this and go from medicine to politics? Yeah, I think it was years of frustration and a lot of conversations that did actually culminate into in a moment where I decided that I was going to do it. But um, you know, I've I've always loved politics. Growing up um, in a family where my parents um, were not citizens yet, uh, I saw them not being able to participate in the democratic process, not being able to vote, and I think that made it all the more um, mysterious uh, to me. The residency program that I was in was very involved in child advocacy, um, especially through the American Academy of Pediatrics, and they taught us how to talk to politicians, how to Put together policy, how to influence legislation. Um, and so, you know, I thought when I came back to Colorado after um, training in New Mexico, uh, that that's what I was going to do. I was going to um, practice from eight to five and then join groups that advocated for children and influenced uh, legislation. And, uh, you know, the frustrations that I talked about earlier with the system culminated with you can advocate for things um, that doesn't give you the votes to put them into action. Uh, and one day, and then um, many people asking me eventually uh, to, to run for the state legislature. Uh, initially, I said, yeah, that's not going to happen. I've, I've got a real job that's not flexible. Um, and there's no way that I can leave for four months out of the year. Um, had a conversation with my boss who said, why not? Why wouldn't you do it? It's the same thing you'd be doing in clinic, just on a, on a different stage. And I was pondering all of that on one particularly hard day. I had a, a teenage boy who um, was switching offices um, in terms of his medical care because his dad's company had switched insurance companies. And so he was having to start over with a new provider and a new insurance company. Um, and he was on a medication that they just refused to pay for. Um, and so I slammed the phone down. Um, and that's when I said, you know, people have been asking me to do this. And I've been saying someone should do something about these things. I think I'm going to do it and I'm going to run for office. And do you feel like you are able to at least advocate for change within the system versus working within the system with patients? On a hard day, as I think I, I traded one very difficult system for another um, very difficult system. Um, but, you know, uh, in clinic, whenever I achieved something, which uh, was um, on a daily basis, it was for one person, for one family, right? In um, the state house, um, I was able to pass tons of bills um, to help people like like the families that I had seen in clinic. In Congress, it's a little bit slower. I've heard. Um, but any change that you make there is going to affect every single kid in the country, every family um, in the country. As frustrating as it may be sometimes, um, the changes that can be achieved there are huge. Well, we're talking with you as part of a series for Hispanic Heritage Month. Could you talk about how your Hispanic culture and heritage inform your work as a legislator? People who immigrate uh, to this country, um, I think, are often some of their the biggest fans um, that the United States has, right? They have left their families behind, their culture behind, their language behind to come to a country that they know is going to provide a better future for themselves um, and for their family. And so everything that I've seen in the United States growing up has always been through that lens that I, that I am incredibly lucky to be here, incredibly lucky to have grown up here, but that, that there are also improvements, right, that um, that they, that we can make for, for everyone, including minorities um, like myself and my family members. Um, and so it's um, really been a lifetime of being the first or the only um, in a lot of rooms. It was, you know, balancing speaking Spanish um, in uh, at home uh, while learning English um, in class. It's been um, often, you know, being the the person who speaks English best in your family. 
Um, and so there's very unique challenges uh, that you face when you grow up as the, the child of immigrants, but it's also such an honor to, to be able to trailblaze. You know, when I decided to, to run for Congress, it was really to be a voice for every single person and to bring the experience that I've had from seeing them in clinic uh, to Congress. And it actually hasn't, wasn't even until after I announced that I was running that I realized that Colorado had never had a Latina represented in Congress. Uh, in the year 2022, right, um, I was still going to be the first um, of something. You're going to have an outsized effect um, and having kids be able to look up to you and finally say, oh, there's somebody like me who is a doctor or is in elected office. And, and so maybe it'll be a little easier for me to do it. Dr. Yadira Caraveo represents Colorado's 8th Congressional District. Thank you so much for talking with us today. Thank you, Erin. It really was a pleasure. And that's it for us today here on In the NoCo. We'll be back next week to discuss the increasing risk of wildfires and what you can do to protect your home. And we'd love to hear from you. If you have thoughts or questions, just email us at noco at kunc.org. Our producer is Jocelyn Mesa Miranda. Robin Vincent is our executive producer. I'm Erin O'Toole. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.